This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We're listening to No Kind of Fire by Chicago artist Half Gringa. It's a track off the new EP, Ancestral Home. This calming presence is just a taste of what this EP has to offer. The new songs contain a unique blend, some alt-country rhythm, beautifully folk-inspired vocals, and a dash of the rock staple crunchy, distorted guitars. Despite getting shout-outs from publications like Chicago Magazine, Vice, and Stereo Gum, we here at Reset believe Halfgringa, like a lot of local talent, is supremely underrated. So with the new EP out and a release show in the works, we invited Isabel Olive, frontwoman of Halfgringa, to join us here in studio. And the icing on the cake, she is going to play some songs live in our performance space. Thank you so much for coming in, Izzy. Thank you so much for having me. So your vocals on the song that we opened with, No Kind of Fire, is so soothing. Thanks. So soothing. In a recent article for Pace magazine, I love what you said. You described the track as, quote, this song is about how memory contributes to our perception of ourselves and our families. It's a reflection of how blood ties can affect how we love and how what we love can affect what we pass on to progeny through our memories, unquote. I'm seeing some ties already to the title of the EP, right? Ancestral Home. So just walk us through writing this one. Yeah. So um, I started writing the EP at the end of 2019. I was kind of in a in a pre-pandemic quarantine of my own because I broke my foot. Um, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So that was not great. But I got a, ch- a chance to just like sort of write my own music and figure out what I was going to do next. And I started working on these demos and then once quarantine act, like happened for the pandemic, I had the chance to work on them even more. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of fleshed them out. And because I didn't have the opportunity to bring them to, you know, like my full brand band collaborators, I decided, well, what if I just flesh out these demos on my own and just record at home? And and that's what I ended up doing. And then sending them to an engineer and having them like more professionally kind of fleshed out and mixed. So. Were you nervous about that at all? Not really. I mean... That was kind of how Half Gringa started. Like when I first started writing music, I didn't have a band. I was doing a lot of stuff at home, just like messing around with recording equipment and applications. And I was experimenting a lot and I kind of wanted to go back to that. It just this felt was like a return to those yeah, early days. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So the ancestral home, like it does literally mean like, you know, thinking about my ancestors and thinking about what home means to me, but it also meant like sort of a return to this way of recording that really felt like home to yeah. me as well. Yeah. So, well, let's talk about the name Half Gringa, mm-hmm. right? For those who are new to you and to your music, where did the name come from? So um, my mom is from Caracas, Venezuela, and um, pretty much all of my family uh, on her side of the family lives in Latin America. Okay. Um, a lot of them still live in Venezuela. And so that's just been part of my my life, my existence. I was raised biculturally and... Um, even though I grew up in the Midwest, I spent a lot of my childhood going back and visiting and sort of like, you know, having like developing my own relationship with the country and with my relatives. Um, and so my sister and I were always referred to as less gringas, you know, and not not in a, a derogatory way. I think, um, you know, in in Venezuela, it's a it's sort of a term of endearment, you know, mm-hmm. and it's really a reference to the fact that, like, we did grow up differently. We grew up in a different country um, and that's not like 
necessarily a bad thing, but it is like a thing to be noted. We do things a little differently. And, and you wanted to note it in, in your music. You wanted to put this this nod to your, your Venezuelan heritage in there. Yeah. I mean, I think about it every day, <laughs> like all the time. And uh, it just sort of started appearing in my work. And, and that was something that I really wanted to focus on and make sort of the like trajectory of my work. It was to explore that more. And I feel like I'm still in the process of like coming into that and looking at it through different lenses. So this is like this EP feels like a really key piece of that work. Yeah. And I want to talk about a music video that you released with the EP. But first, we're very excited, Izzy, because like I mentioned earlier, you're performing a few of your songs live for us today. So what are you playing first? Um, I'm going to play Miranda, which we did make a music video for. <laughs> so let's hear it.
Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and that's Izzy Olive, frontwoman of Half Gringa, performing her new track, Miranda, off the EP Ancestral Home. So amazing. I mean, the music video that you released with the song, it's visually telling a story of of what looks like a theater production. Yeah. (laughs) Explain that. Well, so I studied theater in college, and theater's been, it, it had been a part of my life in a pretty big way since I was in high school. And it was fun to kind of revisit that just because it's been a while since I've been involved in theater. Um, but it's a deep love that I have. And also because I wanted to make a video that focused on the sort of different aspects of being the like songwriter and front person mm-hmm. and the and the director. All of, the different hats. Yeah. You just wear so many different hats when you're an independent artist often. And so sort of illustrating that in a fun way. That's a great visual. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And Robert Salazar, who co-directed the video with me, he's amazing, but he also has a theater background. And so we were both just sort of like, once the idea came into existence, it was so easy to be like, oh, and then this is a shot. And then this is a shot. You know, like it it really came about in a a way that felt natural. I love that. Well, the the play in that music video, it's titled Miranda. Mm -hmm. I I wondered, is is this like a nod to Lin-Manuel or (laughs) is there like an actual play by that name? (laughs) No, there isn't. Well, Miranda, so... um, Miranda means a lot of things. Miranda is sort of a like a fictional person, I guess. Uh, Miranda could be me. It could be, you know, the sort of like persona that I take on when I'm performing. It could be who, you know, uh, like a, a person who I really love. There's so many. The idea of Miranda is sort of this like, I don't know, this like uh, artistic representation of like a muse or mm-hmm. like the art, like the creative process. Um, but it's also uh, an actual location. Um, my family is from the state of Miranda in Venezuela. And so I just like, liked it sort of making some, a little tie between my creative work and that in a, in a more direct way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's kind of a little bit of a, of an Easter egg for that, for that <laughs> song. Love that. All right. Let's look back for a minute. This song is from your first album, Grunyona. It's called Classic Domestic. I was too tired to tell you to stop. Like a lot of your work that I've been listening to, this song has this unique blend of genres, mm-hmm. right? Um, this one mainly is it's this upbeat, country-forward sound. Talk about using this kind of mix, the sonic mix, for what is sounding like a breakup song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I, like, do I enjoy this or <laughs> do I cry? That was definitely, when I was making the first record, when I was making Grunyana, I really thought about like, juxtaposing songs that feel more upbeat like or sort of dancey with like content that is very difficult to swallow that's always interested me in i mean i was bopping for a while and then i realized what i was bopping to this is a stone cold bummer yeah (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah i mean i think that i i've always liked that sort of juxtaposition in music and um you know for blending the genres Mostly, especially that first record, I was making a lot of music that felt like a representation of what I had listened to growing up. Like, you know, I'm from downstate Illinois and I was listening to a lot of like 
classic country music and then pop country music was a big one. But I was also listening to a lot of like punk rock and indie rock music and like jazz, Bruce Springsteen. My parents love music. And so there was like a lot of different genres of music kind of floating around in my life. And I have been playing music since I was six. So it's just it feels just like organic to me like it's kind of it is like a lot of like oh there's that reference or like oh this genre is kind of here you talked about this on your website in this great line you say when you grew up in the midwest really into alternative rock but heard a lot of country music in the supermarket yes (laughs) (laughs) give me some specific artists that you think shaped your songwriting yeah bruce springsteen definitely a lot one of my mom's favorite artists um that's really shaped my my music I listen to a lot of Johnny Cash. Yes, I'll admit that I'm a fool for you because you're mine. I walk the line. A lot of early Taylor Swift, too. I uh, think that that was definitely something. Leanne Those were her better days. Tru- if truly, you ask me. truly. <laughs> and he says, our song is a slam Leanne Rhymes was like the first concert I ever went to. So like Absolutely the sort her. of early um, like country ladies was was a big deal for me in the 90s. Um, Rilo Kylie was something I got really into in high school, Nico Case. So mm-hmm. the, those kinds of references, it feels like, especially on that first record, they're really present. They're really there. All right. So next we're going to play a track from your 2020 album. Uh, but before we do that, uh, talk about the evolution, you think, of your music from Grunonia to now with Ancestral Home. Yeah. Um, well, that first record, I had my whole life up until that point to kind of make it and and figure out what I wanted the content to be. And it was sort of the product of I had formed a, a band and we had been sort of like playing out at places in Chicago, like small venues. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, it was like, oh, I now have a collection of songs and we could put them on a record. Forced to Reckon was a lot more specific because it had to do with a couple of of specific life events that happened to me. I lost um, one of my grandmothers. Um, She died when she was 99 in 2017. And Mm. that was like the first big loss in my family that I had experienced. Um, And I was sort of experiencing that concurrently with the loss of a couple of other people in my life, including um, one of the people who was originally in my band. And, And so I was just thinking a lot about grief and how it was sort of appearing in my life in different ways. And it feels a little bit like a a eulogy. That's a little bit of a bummer, but like in a mm. positive way, you know, it's sort of like you kind of have to, you know, throw a funeral for certain things in yeah, your life or certain for sure. parts of it. And then grief is like the force that I'm reckoning with, I guess. A lot of us are trying to heal right now. <laughs> yeah. Busy. So, yeah, no, that's that's relatable. Um, here is Afraid of Horses from your 2020 release, Horse to Reckon. Let's listen. I tried to So 
another great example of your poetic prowess. <laughs> There's a line in this one that I love. I don't know your feelings by their first name. Another one about a relationship in crisis. Tell me more. Why do you think it is that heartbreak provides such powerful inspiration? I think because it tells, or at least like the instances in which I've experienced heartbreak tell me more about myself usually than like, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the situation tells me about other people. It's sort of like a mirror where if you're ignoring certain things or you're, you know, just living your life, behaving in a certain way, and then someone comes up and just like puts a mirror in front of that and you're like, oh, wait a minute, like, is this how I want to be? Is this what I want to be doing? Mm -hmm. You know, it sort of like forces that correction, I think, into your life. I love that. Ancestral Homes, your first release in almost three years. Yeah. What have you been up to? Well... The pandemic was long and it was difficult. And I think, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I spent way longer making this EP than I spent on the last two records. And I think it was because I wanted it to be super deliberate. Like I really wanted to think about what I was saying and how I was saying it and the arrangements for everything. And because I was doing most of it myself, it was like a little bit of just like a, a learning curve, mm -hmm. but also some of those topics, like, gosh, thinking about your ancestors, where you come from, what your identity is. Like I did have like a little bit of a crisis in, in the middle of making that and just trying to figure out like, is what I'm saying, does it feel true to me? Does it feel correct? Do I feel like I'm, I'm moving in the right way with the art that I'm making? Mm -hmm. And so I really stewed in that for a long time. And how thoughtful, right? Being yeah. able to take those moments and pause. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm still, I'm still doing that. I'm working on, um, demos for what I think will be like my third record right now. And I'm continuing that spirit of just trying to take my time and really be deliberate about it. You and the band, uh, you went on tour last year. Mm -hmm. uh, any plans to take the EP on the road this year? Um, a little bit. I'm going to South by Southwest oh, cool. um, in March, but it'll just be me for that, um, for that festival. So I have like a little bit of a more elaborate, um, single person live show that I'm going to do for that. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to do my release show at Sleeping Village in Chicago at the end of April. Yeah. And Any special plans for that performance? Yeah. Yeah. I want like eight people on stage with me. You know, I okay. just, I was I'll like. I'll call a couple of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> we'll join you. <laughs> yes. I mean. It, Look at me inviting myself. <laughs> no, I love that. If you want to come, you are on the list, you know. Awesome. But yeah, just like having having a bunch of people. I've seen a bunch of shows that are releases from other artists where it's like everybody's just like everybody possible is on stage playing something and just having the best time. And I want that. I want like a party. I want it to feel fun. And yeah. And then I don't know what will happen after that. I'm keeping it kind of open. I would like to tour it, but I'm I'm sort of just letting the world tell me what to do. Time will tell. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. We've been speaking with Isabel Olive, front woman of Half Gringa. Her new EP, Ancestral Home, it's out now. And she's going to be playing a release show April 30th at Sleeping Village. Thank you so much for joining us, Izzy. Thank you so much for having me. I want to go out on the opening track of your new EP. Set this one up for us. So this is a song called Some Curse.
like what you're hearing, you can get the full version of Isabel Olive's performances on our podcast tomorrow morning. That is WBEZ's Reset, wherever you get your podcasts. Much more Reset to come, but first, we'll check back in with Lisa Lavis. <laughs> 